if any anyone else in your position would just go, am I getting into some jazz? You know, you've already disregarded certain types of jazz that you don't know the names of. You've just yeah. gone, I don't yeah. like poppy jazz. I don't yeah. like, you know, yeah. you know what, Nora Jones gave yeah. fuck off. I want trumpet yeah. jazz. I want trumpet jazz. I want Hey up and welcome to the Temple of Blair episode. Who cares? Who cares? Um, it, it's a weird... Oh, look who's back from his tax dodge. Hey! You all right? Yeah. Yep, I've quit my job. I've moved out. I've managed to knock down the neighbor's wall with my car. It's, uh, it's all going good. Was that planned? It was not planned at all. I was I was too engrossed with going, oh, isn't Stone the Crows by Down a really, really good song? I know, let's get these three bottles of wine and load the chocolate back in the house so we can have a fun afternoon. And then as I was going into the house, I heard this slam, so I turned round and my car wasn't where I'd left it. And then I went down the road and realised it had piled into the neighbour's wall because some dickhead, a.k.a. me, forgot to do the handbrake on. Amazing. Yeah. You fucking idiot. So have you had to dish out for that? Uh, I will do when I find a builder. So. <laughs> There's not been yeah, good by insurance or like that. I don't know what the process is for property damage, I guess. It's fine. You just... I guess they wouldn't insure you. <laughs> Got enough money, you just get a builder to do it and cover it and it's sorted because car work's fine. But yeah, I've been, I've been away learning how to be domesticated and wash up and choose colours for rooms and shit. Of you fuck. I'll believe when I see it. <laughs> the car, well, as soon as the Copy Clarny album drops on February 5th, you'll be back to your old fucking ways. <laughs> um, I've got news about Copy Clarny if you want to just go dive straight into news and stuff. I thought I'd do some housekeeping with you first because you've missed All quite right, a okay. lot. All right, okay, go on, housekeeping. So to, to earn, uh, housekeeping item earn. Um, mm-hmm. So the Roadrunner stuff's going pretty well. Yeah, it's obviously taken front seat as to what this podcast is mostly about. But obviously, yeah, once it's done, it's done, and then we'll, I'll move on to something else. But everything that's Roadrunner related is tagged with Hor H O R R, which is history of Roadrunner records. Everything that's not tagged with that is is not Roadrunner related, like these episodic pieces. Um, but I did that great cat video as like a proof yeah. of concept because you know we did that that Roadrunner part one where I just sort of lectured at you for about an hour and a half. Okay. Well, that's mostly incorrect. And Ooh. yeah, it's, it's it's not mostly incorrect. It's very surface level and there's more that could be said. So uh, as a proof of concept, I did that great cat video because I was like, right, well, can I actually pull off like an hour long video of actual substance <laughs> as opposed to just like pointing a camera at me and some someone from, you know, abandoned the 80s and just chatting shit for an hour. And it turns yeah. out I can. So that's pretty good. So that's the next bit. That's that's my next research project, basically. I'm going to try and get that out before I go back to work. Yeah. Um, that, that's one bit. The second bit is I've started working with um, these guys at the Pump Room Bar. It's a, it's a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're calling it Headbangers Brew. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's, that, it's frankly the beer tournament we wanted to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I took that and just went somewhere else with it, mate. <laughs> That's it's what different. I fucking did. Went, went somewhere else with it, yeah. Mm. So that's happening on Thursday night, if you fancy it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's 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 going on. We're doing one of those a month. I couldn't get any guests for this one because 
<clears throat> when I started asking, it was around Christmas time, so no one was picking up the emails. And yeah, additionally, we couldn't get any um, ACDC premium beer or Behemoth Sacrum in, mm. so we're going to have to change it up now. We're just doing the first one we're doing is just Trooper versus Road Crew, right. because we know we can get them from this shop. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a good show actually. That there's a whole thing though. Anyway, um, Metallica Bingo, we ticked off one. Oh, what we got? Hang on a second, let me review it. I can't remember because I nearly got one the other day when Lars Ulrich said it's the best album they've done yet, and I was like, ooh, it's not quite what I wanted. Metallica <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. Where the fuck is it? Doop 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 doop. Metallica Bingo JPEG. Oh, it was the bar setting live stream kick. We've already agreed on that. Mm. No, it was nearly, oh, you know what? It was nearly, it feels like 1985, and it was nearly over 50 songs written. So Ooh. I nearly takes it off from there. Ooh. Oh, it was very close. It was very it was close. very close. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much the shtick at the minute, just carrying on. Um, mm. Oh yeah, because of the, because of a pending live uh, the the recent live event, I've um, uh, done some pre-recorded Nicholas Cage movie reviews with with our good friend Tom. Awesome, and those are going to be what's going to be tailing on the end of some of these. So, all right, cool. There you go. Cool. Yes, that's fine. One. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been. I've been. Are these new Nicholas Cage films? Are classic Nicholas Cage films? Uh we're going sort of through it. So the first one we did was Mandy. Yes. Um, Yes. Yes. Uh, the yes. one we did last week was. Uh, by the way, these are all like I haven't, I haven't tagged them on yet. We've we've just been watching them and reviewing them. We haven't. I haven't actually committed them to the podcast yet. Uh, so the one on this episode, as you're listening to it now, is at the end of this will be our chat about Mandy, and yeah. then next week it'll be unless unless we think of something to do next week, um, yeah. and I have the time, we'll yeah. be doing Drive Angry, and then we need Good to job. watch. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's fucking. It's like all grindhouse stuff. Is fucking really color out of space. Um, color that's out the of next space. one. Yeah, it's good. Color out of space was color out of space was immense. Right, was okay. Smashed when I watched it because we'd been playing Indiana Jones and the Temple of Booze, <laughs> which is a drinking What's that? game. Just a, uh, right, go on. It's a drinking game that you play to the Temple of Doom. Um, and there's rule there's rules online for it. I can't remember what website I got it off, but it's written but you can the website is written by this flamboyant gay couple, so it reads like quite funny. And uh yeah, so it's drinking rules for that. But we added the extra rule of we got my uh, cowboy app because it kinda looks like a uh what is it, a fedora, and we put it on the corner of the screen and we did the rule that you do at Christmas time where you put a Santa out on the corner of the telly and every time someone wears the app you take a drink. Oh um, okay. So we forgot that the first part of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is a big dance number where there's women diagonally coming down the stairs and the camera pans across all of them. So it was just about 15 seconds of chugging wine and we managed to go through a bottle of wine between two of us in about 10 minutes and then that went from there. Oh, fantastic. I've got it, yes. I've got it up here. Um, at least I feel like I've got an, a version of it. So drink every time Indy reaches for his gun. Yeah, this that's the one, yeah. Indy almost has his hat fly away. Yeah. <laughs> Indy's whip is used. Indy gets yeah. shot at. Drink two yeah. drinks when Indy's travel progress travel <laughs> Indy's travel progress is mapped out. Yeah. <laughs> and someone is knocked off a moving vehicle or horse. And drink three drinks when Indy gets shot or you see a skeleton. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, That's duly appropriate for Temple of of, um, of Doom. Doom. I think we introduced yeah. the other rule as well because we, we had a bit of a death wish that night. We introduced the other rule of uh, every time Short Round does something annoying. <laughs> every time Short Round inconveniences progress and uh, <laughs> yeah, progress. And then I think the other one. <laughs> then I think the other one was as well was, um, I, and this is as the film progressed. It was like every time What's a Face screeches. Yeah, yeah. Steven Spielberg's Spielberg's wife. Whatever yeah, every time Steven Spielberg's wife screeches. Yeah, so that was that was fun. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So the the other ones on our list for Nicolas Cage, uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of New uh, Port of Call, New Orleans. Mm. The, the tagline for that is the only criminal he can't catch is himself. So we were like, well, that sounds good. <laughs> and last but not least, The Rock to, to tell it all, to tailor it awesome. off. Awesome. Awesome. That's a good selection. Cause I was yeah. going to say with Nicholas Cage films, the danger is the modern ones, the, the good Nicholas Cage films uh, are rarer out of modern Nicholas Cage films. Cause mostly they're just shit where people have gone, Oh, Nicholas Cage, can you be in our film so we can bill it as a Nicholas Cage film? And he's gone, Yeah, I need more mental health medication. So come on, then I'll do in a couple of quid. That's which is fine. He seems to give a massive shit about it. So, you know, he delivers. Yeah. Uh, the history of swearing with Nicholas Cage is pretty good as well. Oh, yeah. It's a series on Netflix. I think I saw an ad for that the other day. Yeah, it's yeah. when Nicolas Cage introduces it, and it's 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 quite funny because he's not taking himself seriously. He's going, "Yeah, I'm a bit weird. I'm just going to play this as whatever." So yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Been watching what else recently? <laughs> All I've been doing is watching stuff, really, man. It's like oh. I'm going to say actually. Un- un- Unemployed, having just moved house over Christmas, you've probably just been watching fucking all sorts of shit. Having the vid as well, so there we go, that was fun. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Was, um, there was a night where, the worst night was where I will borrow a phrase from a good friend of ours. I was shaking like a shitting dog, is what I was for a night, because of, <laughs> with fever, and was almost wishing for the cold hand of death to take me, and then after that I got there. Could you be sure? Could you be like absolutely 100% certain that it wasn't delirium tremors? I can be because there was no way I wasn't I wasn't fucking drinking with that because you just didn't feel like drinking. We, we tried to celebrate Christmas and failed because it was like, this isn't even getting this drunk. It's just not working. It's just... Uh. <laughs> I have a minor update on my squat rack. Oh yeah, go on. It's, it's not, everything's great with it. It's just, yeah. I've been out a few times. I've not been out with enough re- uh, regularity owing to um, one, weather conditions, and secondly, um, the, the, li- the life life event. Capital life, life, the life event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But every time I do it, every time I fucking do it, uh, uh, every, t- every single time outside doing anything, I get a text from a neighbor saying, ooh, shorts and T-shirt, you're brave. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. I just hate being like, I hate being watched like that. Having said that, they saw me yesterday breaking up concrete with a sledgehammer, like nice. proper going at it, like a nice. like a like a proper miner. And um, they came around with a breaker, <laughs> like a proper like pneumatic a drill. Yeah, <laughs> and they came back around with a pneumatic drill. So it's like it's a it's here and there. So I'm, I'm putting the fence back up under yeah. better conditions than it was brought down. Um, right. And I've 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 found like a, a hammock cover that I'm going to cover the whole squat rack with and connect it to the shed. So it's going to be like a a sheltered private thing. So every time I go out, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get a text. Is is this the same neighbor who runs his car on vegetable oil? No, (laughs) no. Every time he, every time he comes out, it's always like 
proper saves of the day sort of stuff. It's stuff like um, when I'm trying to jump the battery in my car or something, it'll come out with better cables and stuff like that. Or when I was chopping down the tree um, a couple of months ago, he came out with like a proper decent wood saw mm. and was there with like ropes pulling it down with me. It was really, it was proper great. It was like Saruman taking down the ends of his ace. <laughs> we were just pulling them down. It was, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good week that war. It was a really good week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's my old day on the, on the squat rack. But in terms of like watching stuff, I've been watching the boys recently and that's good. But um, it's occurred to me, I've been doing nothing but like podcasty shit because that just consumes my life. It seems mm. in, a, in mm. a nice way. It's very, it's a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, so I haven't even been playing any video games. I've been playing Civ six because mm. I can edit to that. Cause I can have it on one screen and then I can listen to it. Yeah, and then yeah, go yeah. whenever I, every time I cringe, I can just pause the wall pause and it, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 not a massive fan of Civ Six. What is it? Is, I've heard it's I've read it's mid game lag, and I believe it when I'm focusing on the game. When I'm doing this, just dicking about and editing, mm. my attention span is kind of like moderated. So it's like I, yeah. I don't, I'm not so invested that I'm frustrated. I'm just sort of plodding plodding along really. I think I think I think we've had this conversation before, but the thing about Civ Six that does my head in is um, people just coming up to you and going, you know, fucking what was it? Um, Got to go off Sparta disapproves of what you're doing. It's like I don't care. Yeah, like when you when you when you <laughs> you set up a small hamlet on Antarctica, <laughs> yeah. and then Alexander the Great like stops settling too close to my city. He's like, fuck off, mate. Yeah, I don't care. Just let me crack on with the games. Like, do something about it. If you don't like it, invade me. More importantly, right though, uh, you know, Left 4 Dead. Mm. Did you like Left 4 Dead? When did you play it? I didn't get into Left 4 Dead. No. Really, I, I loved it. Times. Yeah, I fucking loved it. But basically, I think the developers of that game got rather frustrated with there not being a sequel. So they, some of them, seemingly, I don't know the details, but they fucked off and they've done a new game called Back 4 Blood. Instead right. of Left 4 Dead, Back 4 Blood. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. that's coming out at some point, and that's in alpha. Mm. So I'm checking that out at the minute. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm just playing my way through Mad Max for the PlayStation so I can then sell my PlayStation and buy a comfier chair for sitting at my computer with. <laughs> Trebian. Trebian. Yes, Trebian. Right, so like, do, we, do, do we actually want to use it? Yeah, do you yes. want to go first? Because you've got, chronologically, um, I've not done this since just before, this this like, news one since before Christmas, just before Christmas. So, All right, cool. Um, if you want to start there and I'll sort of pick up in the last right. two weeks or something and we'll just go back and forth. Right. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This is all just tidbits. So yeah. So I killed okay, so, Tat. By the way, I fucking killed it. You killed what? Tat. <laughs> because I was tat. sick. Of, I was sick of anthrax coming out with different fucking um, <laughs> like baby powder and stuff. And I was like, this is getting tedious as shit. How could, you, how could you kill my baby, Jim? How could you kill my baby? Well, you know, the onus is on you to bring good tat. I, I won't right, be doing right. it. I've got, I've got no good tat this week because, yeah. So, anyway, right. So, news oh, before Christmas. Oh, it's a Scotty and Bobblehead. So there you go. That's, that was my way of doing it. Go on. <laughs> okay, so so I've got at the minute, I've got two new albums coming out of people working on albums. I've, here's the, the question now. Here's the question. What? Oh, they're working on them. So, I was going to say, have you listened to them? No, we'll go to, no usually I, you recommend I, music having never heard it. No, we'll go. We'll go into that um, sort of like bombshell that I'm going to drop. Um, oh I God. did actually listen to some music, and uh, what I've been really getting into is it's it's new music to me ish, but not to anybody else. So um, mm. I've I've been really getting into just the song "Napalm in the Morning" by Sodom. It's just it's just mind numbing thrash goodness. All right, cool. And then I listened to. Um, uh, the ball, no, the oh god, what we even called it, the Grave Digger album. 
the one with um the one with the rebellion on it, which I will find the name of. Is it one of the earlier ones? Yeah, it's one of the early ones. It's just the right. So, but what I wanted to say is that this yeah. this Gravedigger album, it is essentially like Sabaton before Sabaton. Yeah, because it's just like let's just pick a topic of military history and make an entire album about it, but in a power metal fashion. So it's a German band that sings in English about Scottish about Scottish wars. wars. Yeah, but that album's really really good though. It's not just like a little gimmick. It's not like oh we'll do one song with bad pipes and then piss off. It's like no, it's like Scottish. Com- it's like three hundred years of Scottish and English conflict and it's fucking brilliant. Which uh, what song were you on about? Rebellion. Yeah, Rebellion. What's, what album's that on? Just right, so my... a quick peek through for your benefit. To remember this album that I really like that I don't know the name of. Doop, doop, do. Doop, doop, do. It certainly isn't on the first ten. No, it's up Tunes of War. Oh, Tunes of War, is it? Yeah, so Tunes it is. Of War. So Tunes of War is actually by that Grave fucking cover. Yeah. Covers immense. So, but what the point I'm putting across is that uh, Tunes of War by Gravedigger is actually the first Sabaton album. So that's your fan theory? That is, there's no fan about it, Jim. That is the theory. There's, I'd say there's no theory behind it. That's the fact. Okay. Why is it just, why is it just because as a concept, it's done what Pat, uh, Sabaton did prior to Sabaton? Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say that as a chronology to it. Like this is like the, the the Jacobite Rebellion, and then it moves on to, and then Sabaton's first album is about the fucking English Civil War or something. But obviously, oh, it's God, not no, that no. no, Sabaton haven't treated us to that yet. But that's obviously <laughs> coming. All right, I've got a theory that um, Sherlock season two is followed by Star Trek Beyond um, into Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> my, that's my in a similar inverted sense. Interesting. Speaking yeah. about Star Trek in terms of, I think this is just going to be news and a continuous what the fuck have you been up to thing as well. Uh, Star Trek Picard, watch that. Dog shit? Um, it, in one way, because I thought when it started off with Picard in his vineyard, I thought it would just be a series about um, Picard like wheeling and dealing with the local French merchants, trying to get the best price for his wine and stuff and being stiffed over and then having to run for mayor in order to break the uh, cartel on the wine monopoly in the region, <laughs> but all in a sci-fi setting. But no, it wasn't. It was about fucking Android, so it was bullshit. <laughs> That's yeah, that's the, the main one. criticism of all that. Like everything new Star Trek, the criticism is there's no scientific intrigue, or there's no kind of like Final Frontier esque um, narrative. No one's exploring anything. It's just pew 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 pew. It's like, the, the oh, best. Okay, right. Watch it. Watch it though. Just just until the bit where it's um, Patrick Stewart putting on his comedy French accent as a French <laughs> space pirate. That is the best bit of it. You can pretty much turn it off after that because it's peaked. <laughs> But what is there putting on the proper? Oh yes, I am the infamous space pirate, and I am here to sell you this android. Oh, it's brilliant! <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll. I need. The thing is, I need to get into Star Trek properly. I've been watching the original series with the intention of going straight over to the next generation. But, mm. Yeah, give it time. All right, metal news then. So now, news me. News here, right? These are two albums that have been worked on, whereas one should be worked on, and the other one probably shouldn't be worked on. <laughs> okay. So Doro's working on a new album. Doro. Yep. Doro Pesh, you know, first proper female superstar in metal and stuff. It was still really, really fucking good live. Right. Okay. She's working on a new album, and Ozzy's doing a new album. Oh, yeah. You don't like the Ozzy. I like the Ozzy thing. 
I like. I'm happy. I'm happy for Ozzy to churn out like ten albums every year. Even yeah, if we've said this, haven't we? But, yeah, yeah. If you because uh, I think the missing piece is uh, like, there's not even the vocabulary to support it properly. The missing link is canonizing the good ones. So, like, if the yeah. end of the year Ozzy, Ozzy's put out three shit albums, if someone goes, "Here's a playlist of all the good albums," like Ozzy <laughs> Osbourne to 2021, and it's a it's a seven song list of the good ones, then it's like, mm. right, I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, I, I think that's. But yeah, it depends on what what you like. Do you like a three year album cycle where everything is really well self contained and is it, there's a product life cycle associated with it, or do you just want metal at the time that metal is created? And it, I guess that depends on who it is. But Ozzy isn't like a man out of like a man of his. He's not a man of his time, is he? He's one mm. of these people that like it's rock because of rock and roll, not for rock and roll's sake, but rock because of rock. It, 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 if he's an archetypical, is the archetypical metal god any? Mm, Therefore, yeah, he right. doesn't have he doesn't have like a time specific context. Nor um, is he singing about well, he sings about specific things, but it's not like uh, it's I, not thematic in the same way Maiden is or something like that. So he yeah, can get away with just doing what he wants when he wants to do it. Is my point? Yeah, that's your point. But I want Ozzy to do a Tom Araya, not a Vince Neil. Well, Tom Araya just fuck off and retire. Yeah. Yeah, I want Tom, I want him to do a Tom Araya where it's like I we are Slayer is and you know so I'm like well you substitute the word Slayer for Aussie but you know it's like Slayer is ending music we are ending music on a high when we are pretty much at you know seventy five eighty percent of our ability still so everyone remembers that we're fucking brilliant not Vince Neil unable to sing half the bloody songs and then going oh we're stopping oh no we're coming back for a bit it's like no just fucking stop and we'll go in that brilliant because I have more respect for Slayer doing what they did than Motley Crue and Ozzy trying to keep on doing what they're doing mm. it's a zero this is zero lost game for me what Ozzy's doing but with Motley Crue I kind of get it because it's like yeah. we're going now here's 70 quid a ticket alright okay yeah for the last for the last hurrah where Alice Cooper was unfortunately better than Motley Crue let's just go for a night out <laughs> <laughs> and the, but with Ozzy, it's like he's going to bang out an album. You're going to listen to it on Spotify. He's not going on tour because he keeps breaking his fucking femur. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like you're not losing out on anything. If he's still got the vocal ability and the songs are still good, then yeah. But if it's if it's lacking, if it's one of these where it's like I'm Ozzy Osbourne, so I'm going to put albums so people buy it because it's Ozzy Osbourne, then it's mm. yeah. I think I, yeah. I think I need to articulate myself a little bit more on this one. I think. Mm. It, it depends on what where you stand on like legacy versus output, mm. if you know what I mean. Like I don't mind, I don't mind Saxon banging out the same Saxon record every fucking year, as long as I don't have to listen to a twelve minute version of Wheels of Steel. Like every time I see him live, you know what I mean. <laughs> where that to me is like that to me is where you sort of like diminishing returns. Whereas we're not seeing that from Ozzy because the spectacle is rare enough in, as it is that it's always worthwhile seeing him. So it's mm. difficult for me to. It's diffi- I'm having a hard time taking issue with what he's doing. Is my prop? Is mm. my, my point? Mm. Whereas I'm, I'm skeptical. This yeah. is what I mean. In 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 my time in my time off this thing, I've become rather skeptical about things. I've been sat here too long being skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brewing. Right. Is what brewing. Been doing. Yeah, brewing. Right. News from you then. Um. 
All right, let's let's go. Let's go. Let's get it out of the way. Alex Leo is bloody dead, isn't he? He is, isn't he? Yeah, that was a that was a shock, wasn't it? It was. And it's the thing is, and I'm not gonna dwell on this because everyone keeps dying and I keep saying the same shit. It's like the tragic ones are where it's like abundantly clear that they weren't finished yet. Yeah. Regardless of age and status and how big your band is, you want yeah. to see more metal happening, regardless of who it is. And when it's like, oh shit, he's only 41. And yeah. the new bottom band was just starting up. Yeah. Um, it's like, right, there was there's a missed opportunity here for me as a consumer of metal. And it's all very sad and stuff, yeah. but you know, I'm, I'm yeah. trying, I guess it's not really hit me in an emotional way at all because maybe it's just happened too much and I'm rather stoic. I don't know. Mm. But, but for me, like the big thing is no more fucking... That I always wanted to hear Bottom go back to that neoclassical sound, and now I'm never yeah, going to hear it. Yeah, definitely. Because that's what made him good, wasn't it? It was like the guitar solo followed by the wanky harpsichord fucking solo. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I should I should have mentioned him as part of like that great cat bit, but I mentioned Malmsteen instead, but it's all right. Mm. It, it, mm. It, it definitely was like, it did turn me on to that kind of guitar playing. Mm. Um See, but yeah, I, I would I would have liked to have seen it, uh, seen a return to that rather than what mm. we got, which was I think in the last in the last decade of his career it was mostly half an hour albums, kind of yeah. thrashing through big sort of like low tuning riffage. It was all like pretty good stuff. Um, and if I'm being honest, I don't think I've listened to the last two albums. I think mm. I'll listen to Blood Drunk and the one after that. Mm. Um, but it kind of like it became a little bit more blurry. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, it was hard to it was hard to get my teeth into it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I never really sat down with it because I think I had that. Um, that yeah, that phase with Bottom where we we pretty much <laughs> back in the day we were seeing them every two months because they were here, there, and everywhere, weren't they? Yeah. So we got like over bottomed, and then after that, I haven't really bothered. But then if I hear a track, you know, Needle Twenty Four Seven comes on, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of them where I'll, I'll like them when they come on, but I won't go digging from. Yep. Yep, totally. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyway, rest in peace. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll bundle this up with the Marshall one. Um, uh, what's that what's the last name? Is it Marshall? Z- 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 I always get this wrong. Zazula. Yes. Yeah, sorry, you got it right. Megaforce Records co owner Marshall Zazula. Yes. Guys, 68. Somewhat pointed because uh, Doc Coyle did a, a podcast with. Um, um, yeah, Matt, Matt Zazula, Zazula, yeah, John Zazula, that was it. Um, who but he also founded it with a um, and mm. his story is quite interesting. Mm. Uh, and obviously, she was a very, very key part of that. And for me, obviously, doing the Roadrunner stuff, I think uh, I'm trying to piece together like those early years of how Roadrunner got their way around the US. And I think it was through Megaforce. I think Megaforce licensed mm. out, for example, Merciful Fate and then sent it to their distributor, which I think was Important Records, um, mm. distribution. So it was like. <clears throat> It would have been cool to learn more about that. Um, mm. Not that I can't, because I think it's all in, in the books and stuff like that. But it's, it, to me, it's one of those poignant examples of why it's important that those industry sort of stories are told from the business yeah. side, because that knowledge is fleeting. Mm. Yeah. People keep dropping dead, basically. Yeah, definitely. And we'll never it's... know why. We'll never understand why Metallica was so sort of like, say, prevalent, say... Reckon we don't. We'll not know why they got their hooks in from the business side if we don't ask mm. those questions now. Mm. And it is important because, like, would anyone have given a shit about Metallica if Megaforce were pricing them up at thirty dollars a CD? Probably not. Probably not. No. So there, there is an angle to it. 
Um, and yeah, it, I think especially with Megaforce, it's 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 a key it's a key part of how that business evolved throughout the eighties. So. Mm. Definitely, definitely. Yep. Yeah, like you said, it's well worth more digging and stuff, isn't it? That. It's easy for me to say, though. I was yeah. speaking to, to <laughs> I was speaking to um, Ryan from the Meet Me podcast the yeah. other day, and he was like, I, "I can't get a sense of what music you're into, Jim." And I was like, "You know what, mate? I was, li- I was listening I. back to him. I was, yeah, I was, I was, um, <laughs> I was listening back onto a, an interview that I put up yesterday with Richard Bengloff, and he was the chief financial officer of Sony Music as well as." Um, their distributor at the time, like the Roadrunner distributor in the early nineties. And I was so engaged and fascinated by it that I was like, to be honest, mate, I don't think I'm a fan of music, man. I might just be really into the crunching numbers side of it. And it's just coincidentally, I resonate with metal and that's it. Maybe I just don't <laughs> like the music at all. Quite possibly. Whereas during these strange times as well, I've, um, I've figured that I want to get into more trumpet jazz. Trumpet jazz. Yeah, just specifically jazz that's very trumpet heavy or very brass heavy, not the sort of like piano-y jazz or like scat jazz or all like that. Just sort of like the instrumental. All right. Okay. Like- so this needs unpacking because you've gone, <laughs> you've gone right, you've gone to the deep cut. Not only have you not just said, if any anyone else in your position would just go, I might get into some jazz, you know, you've already <laughs> disregarded certain types of jazz that you don't know the names of. You've just yeah. gone, I don't yeah. like poppy jazz. I don't yeah. like, you know, yeah. you know what, Nora Jones can yeah. fuck off. I want trumpet yeah. jazz. I want trumpet jazz. I want, I want moody trumpet jazz that you just sit there drinking scotch to and staring at red. That's the sort of jazz that I want. I have like um, a hazy memory once of um, our friend Tom's brother. Yeah. Once we were getting shit faced at Tom's house, and Tom's brother says, We're going to find a jazz bar. There's a jazz bar in Leeds, a Scotch jazz bar. Yeah. And we never got any further than that, but he seemed to be sure that there was one in Leeds. Yeah, at the Smokestack. Time. Oh, really? Yeah, Smokestack's awesome. Oh, great. Okay, Dumb. well, uh, the whole the whole part of that diatribe was it's a mystery because I don't know if it actually exists. And now you've just told us. There we yeah, go. Banging place, they do a really nice old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Child. Anyway, over to you. <laughs> over to me. Um, right. Um, <clears throat> new album release news as well. It might just be new album release news now. I don't actually know because I've just scanned the news and found the tidbits that are important to me. Uh, so Artillery have got a new album out and Artillery, I keep on mentioning them, one of those old school thrash bands that don't get enough attention. We're really, really fucking good. Yeah. Um, actually, I've got an interview request with them because they're a road oh, they're a nice one. Ah, cool. They've not responded. No, they're too busy making the new album, Jim, to respond to the likes of The yeah. last thing I heard was the there was like an EP with an acoustic version, an acoustic EP to commemorate their dead member. Yeah, it's saying their dead member's brothers now are going to be there. Let me just double check this. So I'm chatting shite. Uh, yeah, the dead brother's guitarist is going to be the new guitarist. Mm. Sorry, yeah. No, the dead guitarist brother, sorry. Is yeah, yeah, I know guitarist. what you Oops. <laughs> the guitar's going to be his brother, mate. Yeah, That's what yeah. I got. I haven't done yeah. this for a while. You know what? I'm, I'm happy why he's not responded. Because he did it first acknowledge, um, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you, and then hasn't. So I imagine he's, uh, mm. he's probably busy with this stuff. Yeah, probably. But yeah, no, probably. They're, they're, they are shit up. Yeah. Mm. I would love to have a little bit more news for you right now. Oh, uh, yeah, you're running out. It's fine, it's fine. I've got no, 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 my, my, my news website is fucked up on me. So while I'm trying to get this to work without cancelling the chat, uh, what I will do is give you my uh, Copper Clowny news. Oh, yes. Which is vaguely interesting or not interesting at all. <laughs> but, 
But Carpa Colonia, uh, they're playing next year. There's, I think there's possibly a tour maybe as well. But they've uh, switched from HRH Metal to HRH Vikings. Oh, so they're playing Sheffield. I think Sheffield. Ooh, child. Yeah, they're playing Sheffield. I think I've got a spare wristband. I'll do a, I can't remember who, who said one's wristband. So there you go. Um, let me know what the date is, and I'll probably join you for that because that's a fairly that's a fairly manageable time, isn't it? It's just train down, train back. Mm, it's not, oh, like, yeah, it's not like a full weekend. It is a, Vikings is a full weekend in a venue, though, isn't it? It's not a camping thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's not a camping thing. No. Is there Fintroll on the other night then? Uh, let me just have a look because that'd be fucking sweet. If I remember um, rightly, it's Fintroll. No, Fintroll last year. Ah, oh, right. I'm full of shit then. Yeah, I finished on the last year because that was uh, that was good. No, it's Ansiferum, Copper Clown. Ah, uh, uh, still, yeah. That's the two headliners. And then there's uh, Thias Thing, who were good. Uh, and, and that's it, really. Walk, who Walkings again? Are we had a Walkings. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. No, well, I've got tickets for it, so it's going to be a good do, but we'll probably end up doing as usual. Which is uh, sitting spoons all day and going to see two bands. <laughs> That's what we did at Bloodstock when we first went, me, Bob, and Brock. We yeah. walked two miles down the road for, to a pub because it was cheaper beer until about six o'clock and then wander back, get to the arena for eight o'clock to see the last, last band and then go to a tent. <laughs> Brilliant. Times. Right, what have I got? Sex Pistols TV series directed by Danny Boyle coming to FX. Interesting. There's nothing of, sub- of substance there other than it's happening. <laughs> who who should play Johnny Rotten though? Zach Zach Braff. He's too old, but Zach Braff. He's too old. <laughs> yeah, you need some young up and coming actor that can do like a spot on impression of John Lydon and have the sort of like face that he does all the time that he's famous for. Mm. Try to think now. I know nothing about new actors. I don't know any young actors. No, neither do I. I resent them for being younger, I think. <laughs> don't we all, man? Don't we all? Yeah, yeah. Um, Tommy Vexed is out of Bad Wolves. Bad Wolves is uh, Doc Coyle's band, After God Forbid. Oh, is it right? Okay, I was wondering, I'd seen that, but I'd never, ever heard of them, so I was wondering what relevance they had there towards. It, it's it's a story of of Toy Vex being in um, Divine Heresy with Dino from Fear Factory. He got kicked out of that, I think. Yeah. Or oh, that folded for whatever reason. Um, and then, coincidentally, over the new year, I think he got a restraining order from his girlfriend. <laughs> so, um, so I think it's, it's one of those things where it's just um, quite a character. Yes, he does seem quite a character, doesn't he? <laughs> but obviously, God forbid, re- reunions uh, rumors are circulating. Oh. Which would be shit on, oh. but I think it's been pretty much knocked on the head. Because oh. they've all like moved on, except Doc Coyle, who keeps starting other bands. <laughs> He's insisting, insisting, insisting on being a musician. <laughs> insisting on bands. Um, oh yeah, I've just uh, I've just found a news story that says Lars Ulrich uh, says Metallica is making progress on the new record. In so let's just be absolutely clear, right? I'm, <laughs> In anywhere in that in that um, article that you're reading, does it yeah. say does it have a countdown? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me look, let me look. Let's open this and see. 
No, just as making progress. There's no countdown. How many songs have been written? Um, it, it, it's not saying anything of value, is it? Not really, no. No, it's saying Metallica are never ever going to stop. So that means even when they are doing a uh, Vince Neil, they're still going to be making records. So uh, that's that conversation for when that happens. So then, my favorite thing about this whole new cycle of Motley Crue things is um, we've got one of the big line news items was we've got Vince Neil, a personal trainer, to get him fit for the tour, and then obviously the tour <laughs> got knocked on the head, <laughs> and then. I think all recent pictures of him is looking rather similar to how he has been for the last 20 years. Yes. <laughs> but right. hey, you know what? To be fair, if I if I went through quarter of the shit Vince Neil's gone through and looked half as good as he did, I'd be very I'd be very very happy. That guy's lived a life. This is what I mean. It's like of all these people who have died, Motley Crue is still alive. All of them, all the original members, after going through every single fucking thing that Motley Crue have done, they are all still alive. Yep. Yeah, and that's got a bit. That someone, someone's got to be said about that, really. I'm, Did you see the Elton John biopic? Uh, Rocket Man. No, I haven't. Did you see the Queen one? I did see the Queen one. I enjoyed the Queen one. It's good, good, but it's more pick than bio. Yeah. And I think the point I was going to make was which one was the best between the lot of them and um, the dirt. And the answer is the dirt. I still haven't watched the dirt because really, yeah, because yeah, I, I just don't have the faith that uh, Netflix have done that book justice in an hour and a half or however long it is. It's good. Yeah, you're not wrong in terms of like you're doing. It's missed out. It's skipping a lot of of beats, yeah. but it, it's effectively like. Imagine if imagine if the dirt was a museum and there were like yeah. dioramas and things and like like <laughs> the <setting>. dirt museum. <laughs> the dirt the dirt museum a great name for a band. Yeah, the Motley Cruiseum. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's a, imagine if you go to the museum and instead of like videos and stuff, there were just like like dioramas and stuff like that. Mm. And pick twenty-five bits from the book chronologically that's what that film is all right okay, okay. effective effectively because the you know it starts off with the opening chapter and the yeah. opening few paragraphs of things happening mm. and it's like dramatizing those it's like well that looks exactly as i would have seen it as i read it and yeah. then it skips like six months or whatever and it doesn't do a lot of um actually no it does do quite a lot of like when they were kids stuff um, yeah but just for nikki anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, that's cool. As long as it's got Nikki's history of having a really, really shit childhood and what have you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely okay. worth a punt. Okay, okay, okay. We'll give it, give it a watch at some point. So. I think like, if you, if you to go in saying does it do does this um, do the book justice given it's ninety minutes long, you'll go yeah. If I was directing this, this is how I would have done it. Yeah, oh, this, these think- are the bits and the milestones I would have picked. Yeah, I think that's I think that's my problem. Where I look at. It. And go well. I wouldn't have done that because I'm an expert on what it the dirt. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, Mister, this one story that I like the most. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what happened. Right, I found some news in the um, and I've gone to my alternative news source. Um, this is this is just a, a rumor apparently that's flying around the the metal news stratosphere, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Mudvayne are rumoured to be plotting a comeback tour in 2021. Don't give a shit. <laughs> I was never a fan. I wasn't. Uh, describe describe a... Mudvayne to me. 
Like, what would you call it? Because I mean, I've heard like, I've heard some of the singles, you know, the th- things that are meant to entice me. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm not bothered. Oh, it's just it's it's new metal, and it's one of them the one of them bands where it's like they are of their time. I don't see why what relevance they will have in 2021 because it's just going to be a bunch of 30 year olds wanting to be a dig live again. That's where it is. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where it is. Uh, that's, you know, I, I listened to LD50, which was that first album, which everyone bought at the time, because it's like, oh, look, I've got weird first band, and I've got this song, which is the heaviest thing ever, which is dig, because the guy went, Aah! at the start of it, and we all thought that was the heaviest thing ever back then. Um, and then you look at it, back at it, actually, and you go, this isn't heavy at all. This is this is actually pretty, pretty poo, but it's got a special place in our art. And it's one of these where, if I was at a festival and Mudvayne were playing, would I go see Mudvayne? Hell yeah, I would. Either. Would I pay money to see Mudvayne? No, but there might be people out there. But I think it's just going to be one of these tours like, um, oh God, who played? Um, Static X, like, you know, they're mm. one of them bands that were pretty much of that time. I know the yep. singer's gone and they're trying to go on without them and stuff, but they were playing, you know, they were playing like venues like Leeds, Leeds Union was one of the venues where they were playing at. And it's like one of these where it's like, getting back together just to fill Leeds Uni it's like uh, if you want to do it just for you yeah cool whatever but if you're trying to do it to make money you're not going to make the money you think you're going to make mm. there's not that much demand for people to see to see Mudvayne live and they know whatever they can do what they want but it's, a, it's an incredibly specific niche yeah. well it's, I mean it's easy for me to say that being not a fan but anyone who's yeah. outraged might go actually Jim is pretty fucking casual you know, yeah. but I know I can't. I'm not in a position to comment. I'm just not that bothered. Yeah, it's like the other day I found out that uh, Powerman Five Thousand is still going. Who were they? They were the band who did uh, When Worlds Collide. Oh right, yeah, yeah, okay. And the singer is Rob Zombie's less successful younger brother. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I've know got that's on the other day as well. Genius. Well, I got up coming up. I've got bowling for soup tickets. Nice. Bowling nice. for fucking soup. I can't wait. It's at fucking Grimsby. <laughs> the, I think they're doing a specifically shitty seaside tour because like the UK is like the place <laughs> where the it's it, it's where they make the most money. I think in the UK. So I think that they always make sure they come to the UK once every couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're deliberately doing like a shitty fucking seaside tour. I think the other one is Scarborough. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's it's dire is what it is, but, you know, it's a bit of a laugh. That's awesome. That's fucking awesome, that is. (laughs) Um, I think my first gig, or the first potential gig, is going to be uh, 1914 at some tiny, tiny venue in uh, Nottingham. All right, because you're now that neck of the woods, aren't you? So, and Rock City's closed down, I think, aren't it? No. No, I don't think so. I remember hearing some bad news about Roxy. It was the uh, Tap and Tumbler that has closed down, which was the Rock Pub, whereas Roxy okay. had still gone. That might be it then. But I will keep you updated on that because I've now got my ear to the ground Yeah, on this sort of thing. So yeah, going to see 1914 or a uh, Ukrainian World War One themed black metal yep. band in a tiny, tiny, tiny venue. It's going to be immense. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll just, yeah. It'll be good when it's all back, but we'll see how this, how this virus thing works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, it's all right if that's it for news. I, I, 
would have to force oh, it. It has, been over, it has been over Christmas as well. My only other one was Gibson Guitars announced his acquisition of Mesa Boogie. Yeah. I just think that's quite that's fun. Quite, uh, that's quite, that's going to be quite a, uh, what is it, uh, sort of like guitar oh they're gonna ruin the boutique nature of Mesa Boogie it's like, although uh, I'll probably keep it exactly the same and just put them on yeah. the fucking payroll <laughs> um, that was that was news um, I'd found out about a goat hall live stream and then completely forgot about the goat hall live stream apparently it was really good <laughs> <laughs> they seem to have slowed down now these live streams haven't they yeah, they have, but Girl Horror fucking is. And any opportunity I have to talk about Girl Horror, I'm going to fucking talk about Girl Horror. <laughs> I can't remember. Didn't we try and see them once at Wacken, but they were doing one of those three in the morning sets? I don't know. We might have done. They might have just been at Grass Pop or something. I can't remember. Oh, my God. Shit face. It didn't work. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, speaking, just, just to cut completely across what you're saying, um, apparently there's a metal band called Grid Failure because they're on this metal site and they are doing a uh, they are doing an album with, and get this, Jim, jazz rock trumpet legend Matt, Matt Gollihon. So maybe I should get into him first. <laughs> Is this a name you've only just come across? No. I've just come across this scanning through the news to see if there's anything oh, interesting. Great. And it says jazz rock trumpet legend Mac Gollihan to release new album with Grid Failure in 2020. I'm happy. I'm happy you managed to take <laughs> your um your fucking prejudices against other jazzes, and then that seems to have won in your favour in this news <laughs> section. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait a minute. I had a, I had a, I had a release that you have to check out as well that I've listened to a bit of. Um, I've got to find this. This this is this is all going extremely well, isn't it? Um, where is it now? It is from the Black Metal Promotion channel, which I fully, fully, fully recommend to everybody. The Black Metal Promotional channel. Yeah, on um on YouTube, there's a YouTube channel called Black Metal Promotion. <laughs> is it just that? Okay. And it just and it just pumps out uh, black metal albums out here, and it's brilliant. Right, that's it. Okay, right. I love the fucking band. logo. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, right, there's a band on there called uh, Cardias Falla, and their album is called Sons of the North. And what it is, it is bagpipe, atmospheric black metal done by Australians. So it's essentially Australians of Scottish heritage. So it's like there's bonds, there's like modern day bond Scots have got together to do bagpipe black metal songs with a military slant to them. I think Amazing. I didn't get I didn't get that far into the album, but I listened to enough to go, this is the fucking shit. So yeah, <laughs> I've got it home now. I'll have a listen. Yeah, yeah, just black yeah, metal just, promotion. Fucking hell! If you want color in your YouTube channels, this is not the place to find it. No, no, no. Black metal promotion, and then the other one, obviously, that is brilliant on YouTube, where I get a lot of joy from, is uh, the Dungeon Synth Archives. Yes, the what? The, dun- the dungeon? The dungeon? The Dungeon Synth Archives. Ah, so dungeon dun- Synth. Yes. So, have I talked about Dungeon Synth before? No. So Dungeon Synth is a genre of music where it's like the music you'd expect um, to be played while you're reading a fantasy novel or playing like an RPG from the 90s. And right, there's okay. still people who crank out music like that these days just on keyboards in their bedrooms. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Right, and that's, Dungeon, I think, Dungeon Synth. 
Right, I think we should end, yeah, I think that's enough for news now because we've had jazz trumpets and we've had dungeon synth and what more can we do apart Dungeon from synth archive, subscribe. Dungeon synth archive, so fucking subscribe, mate. Um, what was the last, what was the latest one that they released? That was it. It was um, a band called Dungeon Troll and <laughs> the album was called Mournful Melodies of Ophio's Grotto. So there we go. You know what? Since the life event, right? Since the last time I had a life event, since since the last life event, I've um, well, last time I was like trying to play Oblivion mm. on a shit laptop at three in the morning when I was trying to you know tend to the life event. I think I might do yeah. the same. I try and try and play Oblivion and might do it to some fucking yeah. dungeon synth. Yeah, right. That was it. The 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 two dungeons. Right, I've just been. I was listening to what you're saying. You do that. You you do your thing. <laughs> but the bands were the bands I was looking for that I think you will get a fucking kick out because it's hilarious. Uh, there's one called Forklift Operator, and the EP is <laughs> called Warehouse Number One, and it's apparently to do with some Japanese game or some shit like Shin Shin movie video game series, but it's called Forklift Operator. And it's and just then, a, it's just a fucking. It's a really serene sort of folk metal scene of like the sunlit forest, and just in the middle is a forklift. Forklift, okay. And uh, Fen Walker was a really, really good one, actually. The guy's called Fen Walker, and he's fucking good. Fen Walker so- sojourns in the realm, yeah, of the realm of the Undermoon. Yeah, that's the one that's proper video gaming. So, yeah, what's that, that one? Start. You were, you gave me a few weeks ago. Oh shit! What is it? Windrows. That's it. Fucking Windrows. Win- Warhammer Total War Dwarf Metal. Pretty much. Dwarf Metal have done a cover of a Diggy Diggy Hole, the uh, yeah. Minecraft song, which, and then a techno remix of it. One. Good shit. Yes, good shit indeed. <laughs> cool. Right, should, we, right. should we bring this ship into the station? Bring this ship into the station. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, regale yourselves in mine and our friend Tom's review of um, the Nicolas Cage film Mandy. In a bit. In a bit. <laughs> oh my God. You all right? Yeah, yeah. Not too bad, not too bad. How are you doing? Yeah, right. Anyway, I wanted to open up this um, this bit by talking about an animal that shouldn't exist, and I'll, in your given your academic background, I thought you'd be in, in a good place to defend its existence. Yeah, I've made some notes. <laughs> um, all right, okay, cool. Um, let's go for it then. The, the the tentacle moth feels like its appendages are too um, are too extravagant to make any sense evolutionarily. Right? Are you, do you want to go there into what it is and what what it's about? Well, or? I can't I can't? Well, all right, okay. I thought it could have ended up like a rap battle. I'm not saying I'm not suggesting it should do. I'm just opening it with that. So the tentacle moth appears to be I'm, it, it appears to be Australian, and it's just exactly like a normal moth, except like <laughs> as, as Australian. Thinking, on, yeah, yeah, it's um, so it's it's like a normal moth, uh, given its Australian sort of tropical um, surrounding. It's also got you got a bit of color to it. South Asia. Uh, these maths are found in Southeast Asia and parts of Australia but oh, this enough. is the thing so it's like a normal moth yeah except it's on its back end it's got like four tentacle legs mm-hmm. it's got, so imagine just a moth with a body and wings and then on the back it's just got two as in like ridiculously sized tentacle legs like, I suppose, I suppose people can look them up really it's not not really a visual well you might not if you if it's, well if you're arachnophobic or you're freakophobic it's it's quite jarring so, and you probably read the same bits as me, but it's so... No, I just saw it. I just saw it. Um, <laughs> I, the, the idea of this 
the the idea of the, this the sort of opening gambit is to be prejudiced against God's creations. Is that you see <laughs> something and go? Ugh. I see something and go. Well, that there's no reason for that to exist. Basically, kill <laughs> yeah. it with fire beam. So yeah. its tentacles aren't actually tentacles at all. The special organs for secreting sexy smells to attract lady oh. moths. So the, it's only the male moths that have the big crazy nonsense. So it's like your crazy black vomit when you when you when you drink too much. <laughs> yeah, it's just a secretion no, to no, attract because, the mate. No, no, because, yeah, because that's to it's to attract mates, not you know, distress <laughs> Andy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, funnily enough, as well. Uh, so, if the caterpillars don't eat the right sort of plants, those organs, which are those crazy tentacles, don't get crazy big, and they can't attract the mate. So, so okay, yeah. So it's because the plants, these certain plants, produce chemical. A lot of plants produce chemicals to dissuade stuff from eating them. It's the plants. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the limit of what they can do. Yeah, they can't run away or anything. So they're just like, right. I might mess tell self taste bad. Yeah, but um, there's mm-hmm. a, a long and storied history of caterpillars adapt to not care. Like. Um, <laughs> I, cabbages are super poisonous, but there's two species, specific species of caterpillar that eat cabbages because they've just evolved for cabbages not to be poisonous. Right. So it's this it's this weird chemical that is supposed to be a defense that then causes when they're adults the back ends to go all big and mental and waft right. stuff out for, for lady butterflies. Is it does it not get in the way though, like of normal moth activity? I'm assuming uh, they just do it. So moths and butterflies are weird. Uh, not all species, but some don't have digestive systems. The largest species of moth in the world doesn't have a digestive system. It eats when it's a caterpillar, and then when it's an adult, it doesn't bother eating or processing food. It just does the like sex life cycle and then one. dies. Well, they can live for quite a long time as uh, caterpillars and pupas, but generally speaking, a lot of insects aren't adults for very long. They just sort of become adults right. to do the business. Okay. To okay. Okay. Make all right. More okay. So, so. All right. Okay. So when when I ask how long does one live, it's kind of like it's almost irrelevant because it's not. It's kind of not. It's not. It's at the end of the life cycle, effectively. But but basically, for most, it's weird. Some cheat. So all in in at least temperate climates, all species of caterpillar, well, moths and butterflies have to overwinter. They have to hibernate which can happen in different life stages for different species. So you might have a generation or two in the summer, and then the third generation sleeps all winter as an adult, as a pupa, or as a caterpillar, or as an egg. So asking how long one lives is a bit weird, because every so often a generation adds all of winter to the life cycle. It's just because I'm, I'm sorry, I think... <laughs> They look big and gross. Well, where, were you, where were you going with that? Because I was saying, is that not inconvenient to have giant tentacles growing? Oh, no, sorry. So they probably, the, uh, they the probably just... So these organs, the big tentacles aren't always there. That's when the, the, they sort of come out and they swell up and expand for when they're wafting the sexy smell around. So in all likelihood, he lands, fucking grows his big tentacles, wafts loads of pheromones about, has a sex, and then probably just dies there and then. So it's like the tentacles come out for the moth equivalent of no November. Basically. So this is a lot of the times, especially with male insects as well. Like, yeah, insects are very, very evolved. So generally stuff will just reproduce and then cease existing because it's, you know, pointless at that point. Because they don't have like 
a chair, a smoking jacket, and an antiques roadshow to settle down. So there's no point. No, they, just, they, they just well, no, you you think of it the wrong way. You're thinking that that our way is the superior way. They just get on with it. Like they cut the crap. <laughs> <laughs> we faff about. Fair enough. They continue to exist. They're just like they pass the genes on to the next generation, which is your biological purpose, and then they just go, fuck it, they'll die. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the rest of us have like pensions and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Insects just. Should we talk about this film that we watched then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, got some yeah. notes on that as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't got any notes, but I remember it quite vividly, and I've revisited some bits of it. So we'll, we'll <laughs> do like non-spoilery bits, and then we'll do spoilery bits. Truly stealing the format from everything else that we've watched. Yeah, fair enough. So we watched Mandy, and it, we're doing Nicolas Cage films, like lesser-known Nicolas Cage films, and then um, we watched Mandy from 2018, um, which was, was like an action horror. It's, it's it's defined itself as an action horror film. I guess I'd, I'd say it's sort of stylistic in a way because I, I guess the presentation of this action horror was incredibly... It's incredibly deliberate. The beginning all, like, was, was very, very choices. stylistic. Like for a while, it was just a stylistic film before any action or horror started, yeah. And then I guess the subsequent action the, and horror was stylistic as well, but... Yeah, I mean, you can say it takes direction when Nicolas Cage decides to start speaking and loses his socks. <laughs> yeah, that's when it sort of takes. Yeah, it's, everything was up to his socks. That, he was pants up first. To that no, point. no, he took his pants first. Wasn't it socks um, later on? Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah. In fact, in, in a non-spoilery bit, in, in the in the way that's presented in a non-spoiler, the film starts when the Cheddar Goblin appears. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's when it starts taking direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it starts taking direction from that point. But yeah, um, art house. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I guess in the, at the end of the day, you gotta be patient because you're gonna get like a you're gonna get a sort of a imagine Evil Dead. Yeah, imagine Evil Dead in terms of like sort of fun horror comedy kind of vibe, except it's more Acid House and. It feels like it's it's definitely sort of a tunnel vision version of Evil Dead. I don't know. Is that? I don't think that's a fair analogy. Yeah, it's kind of no. Right it's kind of like what if Nicolas Cage took loads of acid and then decided to remake Evil Dead? Yeah, far on, off, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Maybe. I'm, yeah. So this was directed by a guy called uh, Panos Cosmatos. Um, Sounds like a made-up name. And he was. It's not so. He's done something else called uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is a, a sci-fi horror film. I haven't seen it, but this appears to be kind of his wheelhouse of sort of nuts things. Um, but his dad is a guy called George P. Uh, Cosmatos, um, mm-hmm. and he's famous for doing all sorts of crazy fucking um, horror films. And and he also, you know, if, in fact, um, do you remember years ago, Shab sat us down and said, "We're doing." We're doing a film night, and we watched um, Nick Jackie Chan's "Who Am I?" and we also watched Stallone's "Cobra." Yes, this was years ago. I'm talking like 15 yes. years ago. Um, so "Cobra" is is directed by this guy. Oh, oh this right. guy. So, uh, I've gone too far. I've gone too far. So the, this Mandy was directed by uh, Panos Cosmetos, and mm-hmm. "Cobra" was directed by his dad. Ah, oh, right. So he's coming from a line. Of, he's coming from a line of people, basically. He is yeah. fucking top, top, he's, he's good stock in that regard. It was produced as well by um, Elijah Wood, would you believe, and a number of other people. 
Yeah. But it depends on how far you want to, how want to, how you want to stretch the definition and the role of a producer to understand exactly what Elijah Wood has to do with this. You might have just. I think Elijah there. Wood has got some horror chops, hasn't he? Yeah, he was in something else, wasn't he? Mm. Weird, some weird one about like aliens boring into people's skin under the bleachers or something. I can't remember. There was a high school. I remember bleachers. I remember like worms. The, fa- the faculty. Is that what it was? It's called the faculty. The, yeah. yeah, that is a more yeah, succinct yeah. description than my ramblings. So this uh, obviously stars Nicolas Cage. Bill Duke from Predators in it. I think he's got the same fucking the same outfit as he had in that film as well. It may well in, yeah, meant to um, have been him, the guy from Predator. You'll never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the titular Mandy is played by Andrea um, Riseborough. I think that's how you, or Risborough. I don't know how you pronounce that. But she's been in bits and bobs of everything, really. She's been in Oblivion, Birdman, uh, Shepherds and Butchers. Uh, she's been in The Grudge, which is a remake of the, the original Grudge. She's been in bits and bobs. She's one of those faces where once you see her, you oh yeah, you go, oh yeah, Christ, it's that one. Oh, was she in Birdman? I'm assuming, yeah, she was in Birdman and I just didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was made on a budget of six million and it made 1.4 million, which isn't very good because I liked it. And I like to see things I like do well. Is there anything else that we can say in a non-spoiler capacity before? We no, I think everything I've got. It? I think everything I've got is spoiler-worthy. If you watch it, just yeah, like you said, give it time to to get going. Won't give it time to get going. I mean, to be honest, given the nature of the film itself, it's not a lot to spoil. It's more of a journey than a destination in that yeah. sense. And I think in that way, it, it, that's kind of what this film's mostly about. So let's just dive into it. This film was good. I liked it. Uh, yeah, we're all right. <laughs> It depends what you want out of a film, right? And for me, I'm happy to have like I'm happy to watch a shit film if I'm sort of not even entertained. But I, I guess I kind of like to see people do things deliberately and try and challenge me, because like I said, it's an evil. It feels like an evil dead on acid, um, mm. which is it kind of undersells it, but it puts you in the right ballpark. But I'm happy to be sort of invited into that world. Yeah, even if I don't fully appreciate everything being read. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> That's what I kind of like in my films. I like little, um, um, little oddities and nuances which directors really like. And I found out, you know, the axe he makes, yeah, and barely uses. Are we, we, you're <laughs> obviously into spoilers now. You do. The, yeah, the yeah, I've, a I've, big I've, plot I've, twist. It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, the it's based on the F by which is a, a the logo for a band called Celtic Frost. Right. Um, obviously, the F in Frost is kind of like modelled after that. Uh, right. I've got a note about the axe here. It says, make some axe like one of those YouTube videos where people melt drinks cans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen them. There's a long lineage of videos of people like melting aluminium cans and casting aluminium things that you wouldn't want to be made out of aluminium. Yeah. yeah. Being like, oh, I made a knife. Well, you didn't. You've reshaped some aluminium. Like, yeah. So, in a, in a, in a, Plot synopsis. Um, basically, Nicolas Cage is a logger who doesn't talk a lot. And apparently or, he doesn't Or drink. accept beers offered to him in helicopters. <laughs> he goes on to his missus who um, has weird dreams and... He's, he's an artist. He's a yeah, draw, drawing person. It's not clear if that's a career or if they get enough money from logging or... I think I think the vibe they were trying to go for with, with Mandy as a person was she was quite... Um, sweet but enigmatic sort of like yeah. that kind of character that kind of person in your life who's sort of doe-eyed but also quite compelling 
Um, and then basically she gets, well, they both get fucking jumped. Oh, no, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. Some yeah, dude, she's, some she's going for a stroll in the woods, isn't she, first? Yeah, she goes for a stroll, and then a cult, uh, like a, a hippie cult, basically sees her, and the, the king of the cult goes, I want to fuck that. Um, and then they devise a way to kidnap, and she's killed, and all this <laughs> yeah. horrible shit. And yeah, basically devise a way. <laughs> Yeah, devise a way to kill this fucking to kill this woman or to capture this woman, um, and then Nicholas, the rest of the film is Nicolas Cage consulting his his expert in the field, Bill Duke, how to go after them, and he basically goes on a rampage. Well, and they, they, kid, they, they kidnap her, don't they? And then they like give her some drugs and sting her with a big mm. ant for some reason, and then turns out it's a giant black wasp. Oh, fair enough. Um, Should, I would any, expect any, you to know that. It was uh, the visuals weren't the best. I do apologize. No, um, ants, wasps are very closely related as well. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, and then it makes out that this is what he frequently does, and this the combination of drugs and you know ant venom and this nice song he plays usually persuades these drugged up women to have sex with him. But Mandy's like nah, blood because he's not. No, that's a ridiculous concept. Because I like Motley Crue, not this fucking trippy um, '60s shit you're pouring down my, into my fucking ears. The thing so, is that the vibe so he has a quick wank is... and then gets quite upset, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he tells the rest of the cult not to look at him. Yeah, it's, it. It's not clear as to like whether each of these people are like brought in. T- taken advantage of and then disposed of because the cult itself isn't massive and it's mostly comprised of, of men. Yeah, there was a few women. One has to shoot herself in the head, but there's no bullets on the gun to prove that he's better or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah, his entire... So the, in in this total sequence, Mandy's brought inside to you know be subjugated to this weird sort of sex ritual thing surrounded by the rest of the, the cult members i say surrounded by it's not like in a stone circle or anything everyone's no, just, just sort of like circle. hanging out this guy yeah. walks around. Yeah, yeah and this guy just sort of walks around and plays his music and then um all the while nicholas cage is outside be- oh you know what you know that's just go missed, back you've missed it in part but you yeah, missed the I, part where they summon a band of drug addicted demon biker gimps using a magic yep. ocarina yeah let's start from let's start from let's start from the whole thing right nicholas cage comes home from login they share a few moments with Mandy. Mandy goes for a walk. Uh, Colt spots Mandy. Colt decides to summon Banker Gang in a real with a weird stone ocarina, um, which apparently is a thing you can do. And then, in the execution of their demonic plot, they just walk into the they just walk into the house and, and kidnap her. That followed yeah, by the, the cult. It, it really sort of seems like the things that you wouldn't need people with possibly with supernatural powers. To, to perform, they just open the door and they're both in bed. It seems really yeah. weird. I've, that's, that's the note I've got here. Summons a band of drug addicted demon biker gimps using a magic ocarina. Seems unnecessary as he had a large team of capable staff. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I suppose if you, you, you want to get your, your gimp bikers involved, you just have someone summon them with a magic ocarina. It's classic, classic yeah. movie trope. Yeah, totally. And then um, you pay them with um, a sacrifice of one of your cult members and a jar of extra potent LSD. Yeah, a, jar of, like a, a pot of super drugs or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they go off and do that. The Nicholas Cage is outside, um, strung up by without his without his pants, which is detailed. Yeah, nicked him, mate. Um, and then after the cult leader um, 
uh, Jeremiah Sand, his name is. Yeah, after he's had his wank, um, he comes outside with the younger uh, cult member. There's basically, of, of all the cult members, there's like, all the men sort of look weird and inbred. And there's an old woman, and then there's a Creepy really young woman. Obviously... And then a younger, a couple of younger women. Was there a short one the one younger woman? woman. Or was it just one younger woman? Just one younger woman, and, and she was obviously like sort of the surrogate, virtuous virgin sort of like figure in the absence of Mandy, I guess. As as like a, I, I see, I, I, don't, I don't know, I'm 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 answering it for the fucking filmmaker here. But in the absence of Mandy being saved, here's this other sort of virtuous person anyway she's marched out in front of nicholas cage and she puts a gun to her head and, and jeremiah sands like oh i'll show you fucking dedication and then she basically plays russian roulette with herself and wins and it's like oh look, look at that look at that meanwhile nicholas cage doesn't know that this guy's just been embarrassed by his girlfriend no so all for all he knows his girlfriend has been dragged off and then this guy just comes out and goes oh you think you know dedication do you <laughs> like, oh, you think you know what love is you and your girlfriend like yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's all pretty mad. And then um, Mandy's burned uh, burned alive. Burned alive, burned alive, yeah. Well, you couldn't tell. So she's in a sack, and they tie the sack up, and then they set the sack on fire and light it, and the sack's moving around. But there is another guy, so the sack's kind of like on a pulley. Now, I'm assuming that's how they're holding her in place, but it doesn't really make it clear if that guy's moving against her struggling or if he's just like shaking the bag up and down with the rope but i'm assuming they're yeah. alive <laughs> yeah yeah there's not a lot of like game of thrones-esque sort of screaming or anything but when you saw well, no, there's a whole other like, sound over you can't hear any of it can you wasn't it just uh wasn't the music playing oh, it was i can't remember now yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, then they stab nicholas um, cage with a big knife which you think because it's like a, it's a they it's a cultish it's a magic knife, knife it? like, or something yeah and then the then he gets out of there and it's something, uh, and it seemingly forgotten about because it's something like that. Yeah, because it's not referred to at any other point. Yeah, I've got, again, I've got notes here. Gets stabbed with a large knife. No big deal. Has a nap and some vodka and is fine. <laughs> and that's it. Because I couldn't put it better myself. Because <laughs> yeah, we so were, then... at this point, we were like, oh, maybe the maybe the knife like gives him bestows him like a special sort of demon power. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's like a ghost rider like, thing. No. It's yeah. No, it was fine. Apparently, apparently, it's just not a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great. So great. Well, then they then they, and they then he goes, mosey away, don't they? They fuck off. The cult leaders. Yeah. Then he escapes his bonds, yeah. as it were, and goes yeah. and has a poke around in the ash that was his his house. Oh yeah, yeah. The ashes of his girlfriend, and it's quite yep. cool because you see one where his, her face is still like formed, and then it all sort of like, fades away. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, then he goes in and um, sees a cheese goblin. So on the, he goes inside. He's still not got his pants on, and um, it. He looks on the TV, and there's like a cheddar goblin. It's just a goblin. It's a goblin that's. It's an advert for like a macaroni cheese thing, and this goblin just vomits it everywhere. Yeah. That's how. That's like it. Then he has a bit of a nap, doesn't he? I think. Does he have a bit of a nap? <clears throat> he has a bit of. A, yeah, he's he's in shock, so he's like just goes for a nap, and then um, does he have a trippy dream? Is that when yes, his first? Trippy that, I think dream that's happens? his first trippy dream. He keeps like dreaming, moving album covers basically, in, doesn't he? Yeah, he keeps like dreaming about like his missus doing strange things, and it's all in animate. It's all like a cartoon as well. 
So he sees like Mandy, um, I can't remember what the first dream is, but she's got like a demon face and she looks a bit worried on and stuff like that. Then later on, she's like eating shit or something. I don't know what she's fucking doing. But yeah, and he wakes up from that. Then he finds some pants. Then he goes he down to um, Bill Duke. And Bill Duke's like, oh yeah, I don't a bit of a shout. First of all, yeah, yeah, yeah. As <laughs> it's bizarre. Was, I look, this is what I fucking like. This is what I really like about this film, though, because it's, it's, you know, like the memeable Nicolas Cage oddities and the weird faces and the weird things he says. It's like it's like he was directed to do that in this film, and he was just allowed to. You know, that's weird shit you do sometimes, Nick. Just fucking go off on one, mate. And I thought I like that. I think it's good. <laughs> it's, it's full of that. Um, so he goes down to Bill Duke's gaff and Bill Duke and then he tells him what happened I think Bill Duke must be holding some of his old weapons like he must have had a life before all this before he decided to chop down trees he he, he must have chopped other things and Bill Duke had a crossbow or something yeah because he, says, he gives oh, him yeah, his crossbow fucking... but then you think oh was he just like a hunter but then Bill Duke's like oh what are you hunting and then he basically says people and he's like oh yeah fine so yeah he must have been up to something shady beforehand well, then he gives the, the the information about the bikers. They they were just bikers, and then there was a guy that botched a load of LSD in the sixties. He just fucked it all. Oh yeah, this is set in eighty seven, isn't it, or something? Oh, eighty three. Oh, is it right? It's eighty three now for some reason. I can't. It's definitely set in the eighties. I remember seeing that on the opening crawl. Uh, opening crawl. Fucking too much Star Wars, mate. Um, yeah, yeah. So basically, this is like I'm trying to get my, my timeline straight. So these are bikers from the '60s who were taking LSD, and there was a botched batch of LSD, and they went fucking schizo off it. And those are those three demon bikers who mm. are just like normal humans who are just trippy as fuck on LSD, um, and that's where they come from. And then off he trots to get a bunch of diet coke to melt down into an axe. Yes, to so make an axe, um, and then he goes for a drive. And then he inexplicably, inexplicably and unaccountably finds the bikers mm-hmm. and then rams into one. His car's tipped over through a feat of human endurance that has not been seen since. Um, and then he wakes up. There's, I think there's, there's, three, there's three in there. There's gimp guy. There's a guy that looks like a gimp. There's a guy that's there's covered the, the guy, in... The guy he kills, the guy hits with car... Uh, then there's the gimp man who we assume steals his socks because he wakes up he has no socks. Then there's a um, surprisingly highbrow porn demon. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, there's one more. The guy who's like, like smoking a car. <laughs> I thought that was the thing. I thought the I thought the surprisingly sophisticated porn demon was the one he hit with a car. I didn't think he killed him. Oh, fair enough. I don't know. Maybe Yeah, maybe we're one lower. I don't really remember him. I remember him I think hitting this, this one is the, with the car, but typical, I don't recall what happened. It's typical like partnership antagonist dynamic, which is big one, little one, gimp one. Yeah. Yeah. So he wakes up tied to a, a radiator or something like that, and the gimp one's fucking about. And actually, it breaks free and kills the gimp one. Yeah, he's handcuffed him to a large more like, lead pipe, which he breaks off the wall and then beats this gimp with and throws him down a hole after some peculiar yeah. comment about him being a snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> There's also an explicably <laughs> a hole large enough 
in this house they're in, a hole large enough to kill a man next to where he's been tied up. So he yeets him down that yeah. and chastises him for yeets him down that. being politically correct or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he um, goes upstairs and there's sophisticated I think there's a, a the big one who's watching porn surprisingly and I think at this point he's a drug addicted biker demon yeah he screams I'm all up in your shit at him which I thought was ace just another weird, weird cagism um, how does he kill this one uh, cuts his, his throat with a with a Stanley knife something like that isn't it yeah, and then they find that his axe, which he made ten minutes earlier, is now mounted on the wall. Has been lovingly mounted above, like a mantle here. Yeah, and then he sees some of the ultra potent LSD. He takes a bit of that. Yeah, he goes a bit some of the, the, the like, pot, of of that. pot of super drugs. Yeah, and has a bit of a bit of a super trip. Yeah, yeah, and he goes outside, and the normal one is sat next to the car. You know, he stood next to the burning car, which is presumably Nicholas Cage's car, mm-hmm. and then. He shoots the guy with a crossbow, hits him, he bleeds out everywhere, but he doesn't notice. And then they have a bit of a fight. And then there's this really... So he beheads him with the axe, and the head rolls off. And it's... Yeah, yeah. So you know, he kicks him against the burning car, he sets on fire, he beheads him with the axe, and then there's a burning head rolling on the floor. And he lights his cigarette off the burning head. His lighter doesn't work, so he lights it off the burning gimp head. Yes. That happens. Yep. I like, it's just silly. I like a bit of silly. It, I've, another note I've got here is just redneck John Wick, at the risk of being too offensive. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then um, he tracks them down into some sort of quarry yeah. logging. But he basically goes back to work, which is where these people are held up. Um. Mm. He lets the girl who had to shoot herself, but there were no bullet in the gun, go, don't he? He gruesomely he first finds stabs the, um, the guy who plays the ocarina find... in the head. Yeah, but didn't he find the the the, the chemist first? The drug oh guy. yeah, sorry, I forgot and about, just about a tiger the chemist. In a cage. And he has a ti- Yeah, so he confronts the chemist who effed up these bikers. who's in his like drug lab which is like a shed in he's wearing nothing but his drug apron because that's how he rolls and it's got a tiger in a cage uh he sort of works yeah. out what's happened how he works out i don't know how he works out he's killed or he's covered in blood and stuff at this point in a cage he works out that he's obviously killed the yeah, drunk yeah. biker people so then he like presses a button which lets the tiger out and you think all right he's gonna sick the tiger on him but the tiger just leaves he just yeah. I think he, he assumed Cage was going to kill him and thought, better let the tiger go, so so it's okay. So yeah, that was weird. Mm. Yeah. So he kills him, which yeah. again seems a bit unnecessary. He wasn't directly involved. It does he, it does, I don't think he kills him, does he? I thought he just they, he just goes, oh, dead to the northeast. Oh, does he? And then off yeah, he goes, does he, he just go it, there for he? directions? All right. Well, why did they let his tiger yeah, go actually, then? I don't know. Fair I enough. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe it's like a callback to when um, Mandy was saying to, to Nicholas Cage, um, how, oh yeah, my, my dad made us all kill chickens or something like that. Oh yeah. 
Star something Wings like that. Something, wasn't it, that they had to squash, literally squash, but she ran away yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so when he goes and yeah. finds them, doesn't he, something at this walking like place? It's like it's a quarry, but they've built like a church over like a tunnel system or something. Yeah, he lets Gerlo has to shoot herself in the head go. Stabs like a cult dad who's the one who played the ocarina to some of the bikers. Um, yeah. But it was a younger cult guy who's like the car guy who has his nice car. Kills him, doesn't he? There's no like, there's no pretense on these murders. He just fucking straight up goes in and, yeah. and yeets them, basically. And then he, he finds sort of like mid tier second in command cult guy. Yeah. And they have a chainsaw yeah. fight, like full on Warhammer 40,000 style chainsaw duel yep. which ends with one of them dropping yep. the chainsaw and then him like he, he indiana jones a chain around his neck and pulls him onto the chainsaw on the ground yeah it's quite contrived yeah then he goes down into this tunnel into this church they've made and sec creepy sex grandma tries to do creepy grandma sex in hmm Kills her somehow, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm, I'm the best. I'm the best bloody lover that Jeremiah Sands ever had, and that's why I'm still around. Yeah, or something. And then he beheads her. And at this point, like, we're all we're like, you can't really tell where you are because it's it's all kind of tunnel visiony. Like, you only it's, it's, really it's all see lit like a, all like lit like a laser quest, basically. By this point, isn't it? It's lit. It's lit like a fucking laser quest. And it's and you can't see for more than say like twenty feet around, you know, in front of the camera. Yeah. And then he goes over to um, Jeremiah Sand and sort of. I don't even think they even exchange any words. I think Jeremiah Sand just screams, "Don't kill me!" And then go. Then he summons Palpatine and starts going, "No, no." First, no, first of all, first of all, offers, offers to suck him off, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. Does some no 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 you will die, <laughs> and then yeah, and then and then he crushes yes. his head, and then he um he has the final hallucination of Mandy in his car. In the new and car, he steals. Oh yeah, the this, nice yeah, car, I've got this. He steals. He steals a nice car. He fucks off. He looks over. Mandy's in the the passenger seat, and then he sort of snaps to his senses and continues driving. And then he zooms out. And then you find out this is happening on like another planet. Yeah. Or something. Zooms out to like a like yeah. a Mars type landscape. I think that was just I don't know. Lost a bit of stylistic flair. Yeah, it's not really like it's um so well, j- jumping all the yeah. way back as well you weirdly they're really judgy for the the, the, the cult the, the pervert cult that kidnap people. A super this happens, this comes in a lot when he's you know when they're stringing her up and burning her they're kind of a bit judgmental yeah. of people which you wouldn't think you would be if you were part of the pervert kidnapping cult oh <laughs> uh, well yeah yeah um, it's um <laughs> well what did you what did you what did you like about it or did you not like it did you think it was no, shit no I didn't think it was shit it was alright it was fine it was it was good I, I don't want to sound this is going to sound a lot more negative than I mean it. It was, you know, didn't really serve much of a point, did it? But just let some stuff mm. happen. Yeah. 
It's, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> it was sort of a film. Some that things if, happened. If nothing had ever been done like it before, it'd be amazing. But you know, there's a lot of films like this. Isn't there? Nicolas yeah. Cage was very good. In if it. you like, it, it's one of those films where you could, if you come back pissed for a night out, and you're like, you know what? Uh, let's just fucking sit down and watch, um, and 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 watch something. And that's this is the kind of film you go for. Um, interesting, uh, in, in, interesting thingy. So the guy who played um, Jeremiah Sand, is mm-hmm. is um, is in in Batman Begins. Oh, he is. He's, uh, yeah, I thought you were going to say he's a professional Iggy Pop lookalike. <laughs> oh, he is not. He's pretty, yeah, when they're on the train, and he's like, "Build a train, Bruce." Yeah, is that yeah, he's that guy. And then the the guy who the guy who plays the chemist is uh, Joe Chill. Yeah, I recognize the guy who played the chemist. Yeah, I'll it's a bloody Batman Begins um Batman Begins fucking reunion, mate. I always find this, I assume however I'm just imagining it and making the pattern in my head, I assume it's people who have the same agent. That's why you see them grouped yeah. together in things like have you ever watched Gotham all? I've the not, TV no. series where you get so far into Gotham no. randomly and then the entire cast of Stargate Atlantis just appears obviously <laughs> as different characters but so many of them yeah, yeah. are all of a sudden in a road just all in it and you're like oh okay <laughs> fair enough so I, as- I assume it's that. fair enough yeah yeah this is a very incestuous industry when it comes to these kind of things but yeah, there's the, I'm looking at IMDb trivia because you know he wears a shirt that says 44 on it, mm-hmm. um, and it's like that seems extremely deliberate. The shirt 44 has two meanings. One, it's a New York Yankees Reggie Jackson shirt. Reggie is famous for hitting three straight homers during the game in 1977. Number 44 also refers to the, the real life serial killer David Richard Berkowitz, uh, also known as the son of Sam. And the 44 caliber killer is an American serial killer who pleaded guilty to eight separate shootings um, that began in New York City during the summer of '77. I don't know why that's. I don't know why that means the shirt has two meanings. Those those are two those are two anecdotes about the number 44. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fucking shirt. Well, no, the first one was because isn't it that guy's jersey? It's that guy's sports kit, isn't it? Is it? I don't. I, don't I wouldn't know. know what a Reggie Jackson shirt looks like. God knows then. Uh, that's what I inferred from that. But then, yeah, the second one was, I don't know. Uh, yeah. He's not even using a gun. He's not using a fight-for caliber. So why would it be fight for? I don't know. IMDb, you've let us down. You don't know. It's you've let me down. Read, in, read into things too much, don't they? Some people do read into things too much. Have you got anything else on this one? No, we're fine. It was a sort of by-the-numbers romp. Very Nicholas Cage. By the numbers, Nicholas Cage film. It yeah, I don't think it could have been anyone else doing that kind of role. It, it, well, it could have been fucking anyone, but it wouldn't have been quite as fun and marvelous. I mean, you get away with Jim Carrey. It was just you? A good, it's just good fun. <laughs> you what? You get away with Jim Carrey, but yeah. Besides oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The inherent insanity of Nicolas Cage is kind of what makes this film more interesting. Otherwise, it'd be too art housey. Yeah. I think that's what gives it its shine, if you ask me. 
add sort of quality B movie schlock to it. Yeah, yeah, and if you, I think we're, we're articulating this quite well when we say it's like if you're into that kind of thing, then you should. It's definitely worth a watch. But if you're more, if you're more straight down the line and want to just be entertained, then maybe you want to go somewhere else. Mm. If you ever listen to this podcast to try and figure out what you want to do on a Friday night, then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But in the inter- in the interest, of, it's it's clearly a metal thing. There's a there's plenty of metal references. Yeah, it's um, like, oh, what if you, yeah. what if an action movie was metal? Yeah, I mean, it's some of it's sort of like the Celtic Frost one is metal. The um, the animated dream sequences are very reminiscent of the heavy metal film. It came out in '85, I think. Um, yeah, Defo. Would I watch it again? Probably not. Probably could be asked to be honest. Like you said, if you come back out from a night's drinking, or it was just on. Yeah, defo, defo. Right, what are we watching next? What did I tell you? I don't know. What are we doing? Uh, um, so this is the thing, yeah. There's Drive Angry. There's Color Out of Space. There's Bad Lieutenant, and then there's The Rock. I want to swap one of these out because it turns out there's a ninja film that's quite new, which is Nicholas Cage. I say Nicholas Cage. It has Nicholas Cage in it. <laughs> Really tempted not to, but you could always swap out the rock. I don't really need to see the rock again. It's fucking, it's beautiful. So we'll have to leave it in then. It's really, it's a really good film. It is. What do you think of like Nicholas Cage as a as a actor? Because when you, whenever he comes up on anything, everyone's like, "You'll take any job. He'll do this." Blah 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 blah. And I don't think it's that's quite fair. I think he just re- he got into a lot of debt. Yeah, we get that. We fucking get that. But I think it's also like he probably just likes doing weird shit and he just likes really, to keep himself busy because he's a working actor. Really, really good. Not snobby about what he does, but really good. He can do anything. He does things that other actors couldn't do. And then you see him in stuff like this and you see him in really, really, really bad sort of stuff and you think, Ugh, and then you just flick into like Conor, The Rock, Lord of War, where he's just, you know, acting like the best of the Hollywood actors anyway. Massively underrated. Yeah. I love some Nicholas. I think Cage. that's the thing in it. When the, the 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 fun part about Nicholas Cage being sort of like a, his taste for kind of the kind of film he does is kind of oversaturated in that it could be anything. Where mm. and now I'm phrasing that incorrectly. You, whenever you see a Nicholas Cage film, you don't really know what you're going to get, and that's what makes seeing films fun. Whereas if yeah. I see Johnny Depp on like a a thing, it's most likely going to be. It's not going to be art house. It's not going to be down the line action. It's going to be somewhere sort of like that makes it somewhere. It's going to be peddled to you like a really interesting film. And it's not. It's just going to be fucking almost low effort concept. Johnny Depp just being a good looking Johnny Depp. That's the that's yeah what maybe I, I, I see where you're coming from. I'm not I mean, shit on John, Johnny, Johnny Depp. D- you know Johnny Depp might be a bad example. The gear he has randomly done some of this stuff. Like what was he did the yeah, and, the, gang, the gangster bank robbery one, didn't he? Where it wasn't particularly Johnny Depp. He Johnny Depp, and then there was another John, bank robbery John. one. There was another one where he did public it enemies like, and public enemies and when he did it like old man makeup where he had like a bald cap on. Oh, I, okay. I can't remember. I know which one you mean. But but I, I know. But I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not talking about Johnny Depp as like a, an actor. I mean, like in terms of the type of film you get, a Johnny Depp sort of film, like an Angelina Jolie film, or a Johnny yeah, Depp yeah. film. It's like, all right, here's here's the one action film of the summer where they got to pay twenty million to do it. 
Great. Okay, cool. With Nicolas Cage, it's like completely the opposite. You can get fucking anything. And like I say, because he's so diverse and he can do pretty much anything. Yeah, it could be anything. It could you be like the, yes. Connor, or it could be like, you know, he's in Kick-Ass and stuff like that. Any then like this or, yeah, just anything, basically. The, the appeal of, of Nicolas Cage isn't star power. It is like more to the craft of cinema. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we love him so bloody much. You that and The do. Rock. Oh, what a yeah. film. All right, let's the, close it out the there, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, turns out this, it's called Jiu-Jitsu, this, one, this ninja one he's in. And it comes out on the 21st of December, so I'll figure, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Every six years, an ancient order of Jiu-Jitsu fighters joins forces to va- battle a vicious race of alien invaders. But when a celebrated <laughs> war hero goes down in defeat, the fate of the planet and mankind hangs in the balance. Jesus Christ. But you dare laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, excellent Frank Grillo's in it as well Frank Grillo is that he's um, he he had a building dropped on him in one of the Avengers films ah yes I know what you mean he came back in another Avenger film Skull Bones Skull Face so whatever it was called Face Face fucking Grillo Face I'm I'm pretending I'm less of a nerd than I am he's Crossbones um alright <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> alright um, on that on that bombshell on that bombshell I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go but thank you very much we'll, nah, no we'll come back at another point and do some more watch some, some more point. bizarre Nicolas Cage films yup 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 alright byesy byes alright tatty byes in a bizzle <laughs>